Welcome to Inside Situation, a bi-weekly podcast where we share with you some of the conversations we're having inside the agency with our coworkers, our clients, and our partners. I'm Peter Ujicic, Head of Technology at Situation, and I'm joined by Lauren Bailey from our account team. Hello, Lauren. Hello, Peter. And today we're also rejoined by Jordan Person, our Business Development and Agency Communications Manager. Hi, Jordan. Hey, guys. So, Jordan, you were on our first ever podcast with Miriam. An uh, honor, of course. <laughs> and you, you had such a good time, you decided that you'd come back and join us again. Thank I you for that. I love it. Yeah, basically, you can't, you can't keep me from talking, so it's great. <laughs> and, and did I get your title right? Is that still your title since we first recorded? That mouthful is still my title. Nice. So, Jordan, thanks for coming back. We, we wanted to focus on the new business part of your job uh, for today's conversation. How long has business development been part of your role at Situation? And can you tell us what a, what a typical day is like for you? Yeah, absolutely. I guess I could start by saying that no day is ever the same. No days alike, usually. it's been a, But new business has been kind of a part of my day today for about the last two years. That's when, for the first time, kind of Situation created a business development department at that time. Before then, it was really just kind of a team effort in terms of um, kind of senior management, splitting roles and splitting kind of the work in terms of putting some of this stuff together. And then about two years ago, um, uh, Damien invested in kind of creating this department. And uh, it's been fun ever since. But from a day-to-day perspective, what I'm really focused on, uh, you know, obviously the primary objective of the department is to drive revenue for the agency. And I think you know, here at Situation, we do that a couple of different ways. I mean, obviously, there's the, there's the traditional uh, kind of going out and chasing new clients that you can imagine, you know, outreach and, um, you know, just trying to make something happen. But then I think another huge part of our business development efforts are uh, our, our agency thought leadership. So for us, that's events. That's this podcast, in a sense. That's you know agency really news. Good. Yeah, that's agency newsletters. Damien writes an ongoing um, piece for the Huffington Post. You know, I put that in that. You know, there's a there's a lot of things that we do that that um, the hope is is that this you know it, it kind of just promotes the conversations exactly like that you say about this podcast. It's promoting the conversations that we're having inside the agency in the hopes that there are folks out there who who want to work with us and just be a part of those conversations in a variety of ways. Cool. And, and so it's kind of an investment in opening the doors a little bit to, to people that may only think of us in one particular light or someone who's worked with us for a long time in one capacity, but isn't necessarily aware of some of the other things that they might be able to, to talk to us about. Yeah, that's exactly right. Very cool. And, and so what other changes kind of when, when the, the new business effort was centralized and, and kind of taken away from, from the larger group or, or, or consolidated into kind of mm-hmm. uh, a, a single point person, what, what other changes to the process uh, were resulted as a, as a part of that? Or, or what benefits did we necessarily see or did you see from that happening? Well, I, I would hope that the answer that you would you would get if you polled kind of the, the wider team that's involved in a lot of the new business efforts is that it made their lives a lot easier. And, and in the sense that there was, you know, less, less worry about the kind of coordination and kind of administrative efforts. And there, you know, sometimes when, when things are divvied up amongst a group, it can be hard. You need to appoint a leader, you need to have a point person. And so I think the way that I really see my role is, you know, kind of representing a bunch of really smart people within this agency and making sure that in all of our new business efforts, their voices are are heard and that they're positioned in a way that they really are the experts that, that they are and they get to really let their light shine in that respect. 
um, and, and that they're not kind of, uh, that's not muddied by them trying to focus on a, a bunch of other things, that they can really just focus on being the expert voice for what they do best um, rather than, you know, worrying about other stuff. Kind of like an, an agent for an actor. That's exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, where, where, where my job is easiest is when I'm in a position to be able to kind of elevate the people around me, in a sense, to say, you know, this is Peter Yajisek. He is the expert when it comes to, you know, technology, particularly in the live event space. Peter's blushing right now. I am, I am. <laughs> he didn't like that example. Yeah, well, it's you nice know. to be able to have somebody else say something about yourself because I think we're all too... But that's exactly, exactly. But that's the, that's kind of the power that I've been given in a sense is that I am the, I am the one who can kind of promote all the people uh, uh, within the agency to say, look at this amazing stuff that we're doing. Look at the amazing people we have. Don't you want to be a part of this? Well, you, you definitely make us look better than, than we necessarily are some days. I think, I think one of the other things that I've noticed uh, since we kind of centralize things is a consistency of our approach. You know, we, it, it's hard enough when you get an RFP or you get an inquiry from a lot of different sources. Uh, you know, sometimes a reply can be an email. Sometimes it can be a PowerPoint deck. Sometimes it's a Word document, you know, depending. And I, I think we've really gotten better at kind of making a consistent case for, uh, you know, how, how we're going to tackle a, a job, a potential new job. And, and clarify that to our clients and make it consistent across the board. Yeah, and, and also kind of identifying priorities for ourselves. You know, not, not every lead is created equal, in a sense. You know, and so being able to prioritize efforts. And, and for me, that is as specific as, you know, I know that, let's say, Tom Lorenzo, our VP of Creative, has a crazy week next week. But, you know, I've just had these inquiries come in. It's, an, it's truly an element of like, okay, what do I... What is most important for him to spend his time on and, and how can how can I kind of uh, help figure out like what the priority should be and, and, and where where he's going to have the most impact? That's just one example. Yeah, I, I think help, helping the prioritize is, is such a huge part of the project because, you know, if it's a slow week and you get something in and everybody could be excited about it, but it may not be the place that we need to spend our energy necessarily. Yeah. So how, how do you tell how can you tell if a prospective lead or client is a good fit for the agency. What are some of the things you, you look for? Well, I, I mean, I would say first, you know, it's, it wants to be kind of a client or work that is exciting to us as an agency. Uh, and, and that could be, uh, there are a variety of ways in which that could happen. That could be, you know, obviously, you know, when we think about, you know, a client that we were all very excited to have, the 2014 New York, New Jersey Super Bowl, there's a lot of excitement in the agency around that. But, you know, you don't have to be kind of a big global <laughs> world event to, to, to kind of brew that excitement in this agency. We get very excited by a variety of things. So, you know, right now we're working with the Pontifical Mission Societies in the United States, which is kind of the, the Pope's, believe it or not, the Pope's organization here in the States to kind of help foster um, uh, uh, contributions to some kind of Catholic missions around the world. There's an incredible amount, around, amount of excitement around that. We just landed Riverdance. There's lots of excitement around that. I mean, so, so I would say the first thing we look for is just like, is this something that people are going to be excited to work on? Um, and then beyond that, it's like, okay, our, our, can, can what we do really well as an agency, does this kind of meld with the objectives that they're looking to achieve? And, um, and so a lot of times that, that, that takes some, that 
to take some conversations to figure out, you know, to kind of really suss out what are they really looking for. And in this day and age when, you know, digital agency can mean so many things, um, you know, or social media can mean so many things it can, to so many people. Um, it, it is sometimes that that can be the hardest part of the conversation is really trying to nail down what exactly do you need? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's also part of the fun. What a, so without naming any names, can you, can, but of course, you know, Damien likes to get into this kind of stuff. What would you say are the warning signs of somebody that might not be a good fit for, for working with us? And, and what do we do in that? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know we, we very much, you know, try to be good actors and we work with a lot of people over and over again. You know, how do, how do you, you know, necessarily gently tell somebody that they might want to find a, a different partner? Well, I would say first, you know, I, I didn't mention this in, in, in the answer to the last question, but another thing that we're looking for is we're looking for good people. You know, the bottom line is these are these are the people that it's it's just like in your coworkers, you know, you're spending more time with these people than you are, you know, your families. And, you know, in the agency life, you want to be working for someone who when you're here, you know, at 11 o'clock at night and you were here at seven o'clock this morning, you want to be you want to be working for someone and you feel like, oh, they're they are appreciated or they get it or, you know. And, and so, so sometimes, sometimes it truly is an element of people in the sense of, you know, maybe we go down a path and we decide, oh, these aren't really the people for us and no judgment there, but you know, that, that could be one thing. You know, the other element, sometimes uh, organizationally people know that they need help, but they don't have the infrastructure built up within their own organization to kind of almost accept the help. Uh, so sometimes I would say that's where, that's where there could be a real challenge is, you know, the, the, the prime example of that is if we've got five points of contact somewhere, that is a big red flag that, you know, there's going to be problems down the line. You know, we always encourage people, you know, designate a point person for us. That's going to help not just us, but it's going to help you. And so, so th- those are just a couple, a couple, you know, um, I would say red flags for us in terms of why something may not be a good fit. I think what you said about designating a, a point of contact on the client side is so important. Uh, you know, one of the things we do is, is build websites for clients. And I think some, sometimes when we start working for a client that's a, a bit larger institution or been around for a long time, you know, we come in and their current website is, uh, you know, it, it's just overgrown like a, like a garden because everybody, you know, who needs something from the organization says, just add a page, just add a page. And I think one of the things that we try to do early on when we're talking to clients is to emphasize to them the importance of, you know, less is more, make sure that you have a path through which decisions are made so that it's not just the squeaky wheel gets the grease in this process. Let's, let's not repeat the mistakes of what got you to where you are and may, maybe had you looking for another agency because you don't like where you are. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, sometimes it's as much psychology as it is, you know, actually planning out and building things for people. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I think that, that what you're talking about, you know, sometimes within the agency, sometimes those types of clients can maybe get a reputation of being like a tough client or something, you know, but, but I would argue, you know, clients like that, or let's say clients who ask really hard questions when it comes to reporting or when it comes to strategy, you know, again, sometimes there's, there's a reputation that clients like that can kind of build up within any agency. But I would argue, you know, those are the clients that are really valuable to us as an agency, because those are the clients that are really making us kind of defend what we do, really think about why it is that we do what we do, why it is that we, you know, report this way or why we're tracking this or, you know, whatever it is that, that, that there's discussion around. Those are the clients that I think, you know, before, before we just um, kind of or flippant about it and say like, oh, they're just a hard client or whatever. It's kind of like take a step back and think, oh no, actually this is, this is, there's, there is a 
silver lining here, which is that we are really learning uh, about what it is that, that we do. And I'd say almost like the, the opposite of that client that I would say I love and are, is definitely a kind of a big, makes someone really exciting to me when I'm talking to them in these first initial conversations before they're a client are the type of client that you can tell they want to do big things. Mm-hmm. So I think, that, again, that kind of goes back to there's someone who kind of excites us. I think we do our best work when we're working with someone who gives us the flexibility to really help develop the strategy and then execute it in whatever way we think is best. And oftentimes that is some big, crazy, maybe risky ideas. But I think, again, when you kind of are taking calculated risks, um, that's when we kind of have been able to do when when I'm thinking on some of our work that's most exciting to me personally, I would, I would put them kind of in that bucket. I have a question. So when a new um, pitch comes in or a new inquiry comes in, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we obviously work with a lot of Broadway. So how do you tailor your pitch in, to the different types of people that are coming in, whether yeah. it's like brand new, like a children's TV show, or if it's a broad, new Broadway show, how do yeah. you tailor those? That's a great question. And, and I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head in the sense that, yeah, when you look at our clients, there are some kind of verticals that they fall into. So obviously in the Broadway space, it's very different than if it is that, you know, new TV show. And so, you know, what's great, particularly about the work in in the Broadway space that we do is that the scope of work that we do there is so great and is so strong. And we have such an amazing legacy that, you know, that, that side of the business, you know, the, 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 the pitch process at that point, it really dives into most, most of the time when someone's calling us on that side of the business, they know who they're calling in the sense of, They've heard of us. It usually comes from a very strong referral. And at that point, it's almost dropping into, okay, do we... Do, do they think that we have the right handle on this show? So, so in a sense, it almost drops immediately into let's talk about some specific ideas or let's talk about a, 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 some sort of real strategic approach. Um, but I would say, uh, so, so the, the primary difference I would say on let's, let's use the TV space as an example, which is, you know, a really fast, you know, fast growing vertical for us right now, there is a much more emphasis that has to be placed on introducing ourselves. And so what's kind of exciting exciting about that is that this is a space that most people don't know us in that space. You know, the work that we've done in that space has really over been over the last 12 to 18 months. So um, we can kind of um, position ourselves in, in, in a different way, which, which kind of makes those conversations go much easier and kind of um, sets us up really nicely um, to, to have some success there, which particularly because we have some really strong examples to show in that space it, that can be a very, I, I feel very confident having that conversation in the sense of introducing us, introducing ourselves as a player in that space, even though we are definitely a new player and well, a small player. <laughs> and I think one of the things that's in, uh, a common thread between whether it's a theatrical client, television or sports, they're all cyclical. They all, is, around a live event, you're going up to the event, the event happens and then it might continue and it might not. I mean, mm-hmm. we certainly have clients we've worked with for over a decade. Yeah. But it, I think the churn and the natural, you know, rise and fall and ending of a campaign or of a client or of a show actually helps us to kind of, you know, come to the table with new ideas or try new things or work with the producer again in a whole other capacity. And I think that's another thing that kind of keeps us keeps us fresh. Rather, you know, if we had a, a corporate client that was you know, we always sell a joke about selling toothpaste. Not that we wouldn't take a client that sells toothpaste, but that could be, a, you know, a pharmaceutical client that could be around for 15, 20 years mm-hmm. and just wants to keep the boat even, you know? Mm-hmm. I think by, by nature of the fact that we're getting people excited about the next event or the next TV show or the next sporting event, you know, it kind of forces us to 
reinvigorate kind of cyclically. Do, do you find that's true? Yeah, I do. And I would also say, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of watch over the next few years. I mean, we see more and more often brands now, because consumers are kind of valuing this idea of creating an emotional connection with the brand, feeling connected in a really strong way, brands are seeing that a great way to do that is a, is a live event of some sort. And, and so I think for us, we're kind of in this interesting place where it's like, okay, obviously we know the event space very well, but beyond that, we know experiences very well. And we, I would say we are experts you know, we are experienced experts in this way. And so I think what, what's going to be interesting for us as an agency is, as this kind of continues to play out is, okay, how as consumer behaviors to, con- continues to shift and as brands continue to value this idea of an experience, whether that be a live activation or whether that be, you know, uh, an, amazing, an amazing digital experience, what does that mean for us as an agency? And what does that mean in terms of the, the clients that we work on and, and the type of work that we're doing? Um, you know, obviously, as the when you look at kind of our service set as the digital landscape has shifted over the past, you know, since the agency's inception over the past almost 15 years, there's obviously been a huge shift. So, you know, it's just interesting to see that that shift continue to take place in a variety of facets of the business. So speaking of the, the evolution of the agency over time, uh, are there particular services that you find people are more interested in now than they were a year ago? Or, or what do you, you know, obviously the, there are clients that come to us and know us in a capacity of designing and building websites or mobile sites or apps. But of course, all the video work we do now and, and all the social media stuff. What are, is there, are there any trends that you can point at that you say, wow, our, our doorbell's being rung a lot for this type of service? Well, I mean, I would say not to harp on the event side of things, but there is an element of, you know, live activations being kind of a, a growth for us. You know, the, the the reason that I was on the first podcast talking about the work that we did with NBC Universal and their upfront, you know, basically, you know, something like that, which though it's a live activation, it's not, it's not the live activation that you see out on Times Square, you know, every day in nice weather. This is the, the kind of thing that's really driven by content, driven by a moment. It's really eventizing something and it's connecting with consumers beyond just the ones who are, who are there on site. We've done great work uh, in this space with the auto show, with, with what we created for them on the Buzz Index, which uh, uh, most people, uh, at least or everyone in the agency is familiar with. You know, A lot of our clients are probably familiar with that as well. Um, but I, I, would say that's, I would say that's a piece of the business that's growing. I mean, what we did with One World Observatory, and we talked about the Inspired campaign on a previous podcast, I would say that is, in a sense, another event in a way, and that, you know, we created this event, bringing these influencers in. And yes, the content we ca- that we captured was really the, the primary driver of that event, but it was all centered around an event. So there's something about that, that, you know, even though, yes, content capture is all, is all about that. It's almost like these events that are created where content capture is king in, in a sense, you know? So, and I think that that is what's really interesting in terms of how the services are not necessarily shifting because I wouldn't say anything is changing. It's just kind of an extension of what we're already doing. I I think it also speaks to our roots in theater kind of leading up to that opening night when we're eventizing something. It's like everybody's working with a common goal. They're jumping in to, to get their hands dirty and doing what needs to be done. And then we can celebrate that event after it's happened. Yeah, exactly. Huge team effort. And it is. It's one of the most exciting things to be a part of. So often many of our clients come to us and they have other agencies that are part 
of the discussion. And how do you feel about that when, when someone comes in, they already have another agency they're working with? How does that work in, with your life cycle? Well, of course, I would love to say that everyone should hire us as their digital agency of record and we're going to take all the business. But the truth of the matter is it's actually, you know, it, it, I think it only brings out the best in, in the work that we do. I think having more voices at the table um, is hugely beneficial uh, for a brand. And I think that it helps kind of keep all of the voices in check in a sense. It helps keep everybody honest in terms of what they're doing, what they're going after. I think it does require more work in the sense that, you know, you want to make sure that you've got all your partners lined up, you know, and, and that's very important. But I think that work is incredibly important and, and has great payoff than, than maybe just hearing from one voice on an ongoing basis. Um, and I think, I think for, for us, the, the, the bottom line is like what, you know, what we focus on and, and what we do, um, you know, there's a reason that we're digital experts and it's because that is where we invest all of our resources. So, you know, so I do think that in, in a way, you know, it is very important that, 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 that we have a seat at the table, but I think that it is, it's a table with many voices and I think that's a great thing. And the best thing you can do sometimes is just do amazing work and be that person that somebody wants to go to and say, what else can you help us with? I totally agree. No, and I think in a way that is the best new business pitch. You know, it's going in, it's doing amazing work, it's being a great person to work with, being a great team to work with. I mean, there's there's no pitch that I can go in a room and do that's stronger than that. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is, you know, the 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 best way for us to get new business is referrals, you know, and that actually is a huge part of our business, which is amazing. And I think speaks to the incredible work that everyone here does on a day-to-day basis and in kind of the the work that we're putting out there. It's huge. It's huge. It makes my job way easier. (laughs) Well, Jordan, you make us all look amazing. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit about what it is you do and your day-to-day and we can't wait to have you back on for the podcast yet again. Thank you. Whoa. Yeah. No, thanks. This is so fun. It's really fun. Thanks guys. Cool. So before we leave, we want to go around the table and tell our listeners about something that we all don't think they should miss. Uh, Lauren, what have you got for us this week? I have something that, I mean, this is not new in any sort of way, but um, I wanted to share with everyone who I think you should follow on Instagram immediately. And that is the doggist. It is kind of like humans of New York, but for dogs. And it uh, he goes around the world, takes pictures of dogs, tells you what the breed is, what their age is, what their Aww. name is, and then often a story about them, and it's pretty amazing. Do you cry? I do sometimes, <laughs> and I think my husband and I text each other, and we're like, yo, did you see yeah. Seymour? <laughs> Whatever it is, all day long. We just text names back and forth to each other, we know what it means, so follow. That sounds dangerously fun. Jordan, what, you, what about you? What shouldn't people miss? Well, I would be remiss if I didn't mention one of our clients. Uh, So I would say the Tenement Museum. So again, like Lauren, this is by no means new, but if you haven't gone down to the Lower East Side to check out the Tenement Museum, you've got to do it. Um, It's always the top of my list when people are emailing me, oh, I'm coming to New York, what should I do? The Tenement Museum, it's always the top of my list, but it's this amazing space downtown. Uh, It's it's not a museum in the traditional sense in that they don't have galleries of kind of pieces for you to kind of look at, Uh, but it is an actual uh, old tenement museum. There's actually a couple of them uh, that you can walk into and kind of truly see and experience how people uh, in a variety of time periods lived on the Lower East Side. And it's it's incredible. They do great work, awesome, awesome work. And um, yeah, love them. And great people, by the way. Completely agree. And and something good to do uh, as the weather gets a little cooler. Uh, I agree. It's an awesome experience. Uh, so for me, I'm going to recommend a podcast again. Uh, this is one that 
I, I hold up and take inspiration from. It's called The Ethicists, and it's put out by the New York Times Magazine. And the format of the podcast is they, they take letters from, from listeners about uh, ethical questions, whether or not uh, it's ethical for them to behave in a certain way. And sometimes the realm you know, goes into the legal, but they really just try to keep it. Uh, they, they have three hosts that talk to each question and say whether or not they think the question or the behavior is ethical. And it's just it's a refreshing change of pace. Uh, to to listen to opinions about how people behave and and when people think uh, they might be doing something that crosses a line. It's just a really good conversation. And uh, uh, it kind of segueing into our own podcast, it inspired us to solicit questions from our listeners. So if you're listening to this podcast, we'd love for you to send a question into us at podcast at situation.nyc for an upcoming podcast episode. We are actually going to answer your questions. So those questions can be anything and everything from asking what we think about a particular technology or social media platform to what it's like to work at the agency or what trends we think are worth following or which aren't. So please send us your questions. We'd love to structure a podcast around that. We'll pull in all the smart people who work here and, uh, and get their opinions and, and hopefully answer some questions from, from our listeners. Um, so that's going to do it for us this week. Want to give a huge thanks to all of our listeners. Thank you again to Lauren. Thank you, Jordan. Um, don't forget to send an email, podcast at situation.myc, and uh, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Bye.